from time to time, uh, when I share with you, uh, I find uh, a sense of a charge from God to, uh, to bring something which is, uh, could be kind of taken as, uh, oh, well, you know, you've got to do better or you're not good enough or something like that. It's a risk. I never intend it to be like that. Uh, but I do intend that we continue to grow and develop. And uh, for some, where are we now? March? Probably for some months. I, I've been feeling something that I kind of want to talk through with you today. Um, it's nothing new, uh, but it's something that just stays with me and even grows. Uh, we're built on relationship. I guess this is another outworking and aspect of relationship. I'm going to call it something slightly different, but uh, I feel in God taking us on to the to the next level. Remember, we're committed to pilgrimage, aren't we? Blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. We, we never settle for where we are. The day we settle for where we are, we're done, frankly, done with being here. Because we're only here for development and training and, and moving on to perfection. When we're done with learning, when we're done with being developed, we're, we're just done. We're just breathing somebody else's oxygen. We need to get out quick, you know, get, get a quick ticket to heaven or whatever. So, at this time, the thing that's been living with me is, is what could be the next stage? What could be the development in, um, in, in relationship, in expressing of relationship? And I'm calling this um, particularly focus on what I'm saying, coming alongside. How do we we get alongside. We'd say, well, we already do that. Praise God. What a mess we would be in if we didn't. In, in the light of all that God said to us, if we weren't relating one to another as well as relating to him, we'd be, frankly, walking in serious disobedience. God has not only spoken to us and built us on that revelation, but he's actually empowered us and enabled us to do that by putting something in our hearts that wasn't there before. Uh, when we came to him and when he gave us that revelation of who he is and what he's, what he's like. So this morning, as we look at this, I want you to hold it like this. I want you to hold it, God is developing us and taking us on. And the enemy would like it to be, see, you've got to work harder, you've got to try more. I'd rather you listen to the word of God than listen to the enemy. Uh, and out of this, I'm expecting that God's going to take us into the next, the next stage of expressing his love. Remember, he said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I loved you. I don't think any one of us would claim that we've arrived on that score, as he has loved us. We're moving on towards it, but we'd like to move on. We'd like to progress is a good thing to progress. That's what God's got us here for. So let's see if we can't get God's help. In the end, to be honest, there's, we can make some suggestions, but 
this thing is a heart thing. Um, in fact, if we try to have a, these are the seven things to do, it would, it would miss the point. There are ways to express what God is stirring in our hearts. And really, my prayer is that God will stir in our hearts something more of his love. It's not that he's not there, it's just given that there's a stirring and an opportunity to see how we might express it. Oh, I could have done that. Oh, if only I'd have thought about that. That's the kind of things that I want to see that God will do for us. And we've got some, um, some drama. I think I, I'm, I'm very, very excited that we develop on drama. And uh, Jacob and some of the youth have come and said they'd like to do something. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. And you know what? I think that God is going to help us in that realm as well. You know? And I think he might help us in every realm that he's given us. Yeah? Yeah. Because if he didn't, we'd be high and dry. So, <clears throat> we're talking about going, if you like, to the next level of expression of his heart. It really comes down to focusing on committing to, to a person, not just to a thing, not just to do something. So that whatever we do, it becomes a very definite expression of, of our heart of love. Because, to be honest, if it goes beyond that and it becomes focused on a particular thing or action, we miss out the very heart of what God's got us into it for. It has to be an expression of love. So that may mean that we constantly say, Lord, renew my heart, please. My heart, not only to you, but to one another, that I might... I might live in an outworking of expression of that in a very real way. So we're committing to, to people, not just a project, not just to a thing, an expression of love. See, it's either a task or it's an expression of heart. You say, well, but surely they come together. Yes, they come together. Oh, I, you know, I so love you. I, I'm having all warm feelings towards you. Yeah, but I could do with some help with the washing up. The two things come together, but they have to come from that basis of heart. So if you heard anything this morning, and if you hear nothing else, if somebody says to you afterwards, what was all that about? Something about God wants to enlarge our heart so that we can express a more unrestricted love to one another. See, if you get that, job done. Because the very next thing you're saying, Lord, how do I do that? How do I show that to the people that I already am in close relationship? How do I show that outside of that to somebody else who I might not be in close relationship, may not be even anybody in the church community? Lord, how do I do that? God will give us brilliant ideas. Why are they brilliant? Why are they brilliant? Because where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Because they come from him. So, <clears throat> the Bible tells us that Jesus first being moved with compassion. There's a good signal there. That 
somehow, time and again, it's something that stirs within him, which we call compassion or love. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about all the different examples of Jesus doing it. The one that particularly stuck out to me uh, was one that we, we looked at not long ago. But it's when Jesus came to the pool of Bethesda and there were all these people lying around. Remember, they're waiting for the angel, weird stuff, the angel to, to kind of ripple the waters and then the first one in got healed. I can't really, can't help you much with that. You know, this just God. I mean, God can do anything. We just heard about it, wasn't it? God can cause... Santander to phone up and say there's some money that we've got to give you how do we do it, you know I wouldn't mind receiving those sort of calls, would you and God can just do anything take us halfway across the world to meet somebody for half an hour in an airport it's God's world I mean he can do all these sorts of things and look at some of the things that Jesus did I mean, I hope, well I was going to say I hope none of you, if you feel God's doing it then please do it. Spit on the ground, make some mud and put it on somebody's eyes and let them come to sightedness. But make sure it is God, you know, first of all. I mean, there's no limit to what God would do. So anyway, Jesus comes here to this pool and this this man, I guess they point him out. He's been there all these years, 38 years. And they say, uh, what do you want? Well, and he begins to go into the system. He says, the problem is, I don't have anybody, when the angel ripples the water, to actually help me get in. Now, if Jesus had been focused on tasks, he's like, okay, right, what we need to do is have a standby team here. Um, we need a standby team to help this man in, and we need, some, we need to operate some resistance. We need another team that stops anybody else getting in first. And, and then uh, maybe if it doesn't work, we'll have a life belt hand. I mean, it could have got into, uh, into a sort of task thing, but he didn't because he was compelled by compassion and he was hearing always and only what the Father gave him to do. Because he was moved with compassion, because he was in tune with God, he was able to say, okay, um, just healed on the spot. And the man gets up and takes his bed and goes. The thing that stuck out to me was he went there under God's direction. He responded. First of all, he took notice under God's direction. He entered into a conversation under God's direction. What is this under God's direction? He did only always those things his father was given him to do. So in everything, he was doing what God gave him to do. And then, instead of trying to work out something to do with the system, he goes straight to what is in the heart of God, and that is that this man, this day, should be healed as a demonstration of God's love and power. God calls us to do the same things. Not necessarily in the same way, but he calls us and empowers us because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So, I don't know that Jesus was looking for the main chance. Here's an opportunity to impress people about the nature of my ministry. No, don't think so. Because of the humility and the attitude of Jesus. I think he was open to hear, open to receive that nudge of God. 
See, guys, what, what I'm talking about is not a kind of intellectual exercise where we sit down and try and work out and, or, or look around and see who looks, you know, a bit loveless or something like that. I, I'm not talking about I'm talking about what God wants. As many as the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And that basically means that we can expect, in the same way as Jesus was directed there, we can expect a direction. We can expect that we looking along a row and suddenly our vision alights on somebody. Not in the natural, but in the spirit. Because this is a spiritual thing. This is something that God empowers us. He doesn't actually expect us to live by kind of just working things out, but by the leading of his spirit. So the important thing then is to see what he's doing. See the opportunity. Be led of the spirit. Seeing an opportunity, being alert, being aware. Where do you want me to go? What we saw there was a, a readiness, a change, something different. Instead of being interested in just what was on our agenda and doing something, actually being uh, very ready to be engaged, to, be, to show interest, to get involved. Uh, and actually part of that is, is that intentional thing of asking God, um, I'm not just talking about when we come together like this. I mean, this is a good practice place. Uh, it would be, wouldn't it be tragic if we're all here talking about love and, uh, and being in connection with one another and somebody came that didn't know many people and they were just left standing there with nobody talking to them. I, I, I think that would be particularly tragic uh, and contrary to what we say. But, so when we come together like this, it's like a practice place. But this is not really the limit of it. This is, this is just one thing uh, during the course of a, a week. Uh, we're, we're engaged in the totality of life. So looking for those opportunities um, and looking not to just kind of uh, tick a box or be superficial or mechanical. Um, discovering... See, when you can have a conversation um, which is... Uh, you know, how do you do, sort of thing. You're not really interested. Uh, you know, if people don't say that so much now, it used to be the greeting. Uh, sometimes I thought, I wonder what it'd be like if I say, Could you, would you like to sit down for half an hour and I'll tell you how I'm doing? You know, it would, it, it would cause most people to run a mile. Um, and every, every culture, I think, has those has those different greetings. Uh, uh, in Sierra Leone, how do body, do body fine? Uh, it's, it's not really an in-depth thing, it's a kind of cultural thing. I think that children of the living God, we're not bound by culture. Uh, we're part of a different culture, we're part of a kingdom culture, because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within our body. We're different. We have the ability to be different. We have the ability to actually enter in. To inquire. So let's imagine um, I'm coming to somebody and I'm saying, so uh, what's happening? Say, say I went to Jamie and I said, all right, Jamie, what, what, what's happening in the youth work? Oh, it's going fine. Oh, good. Right. Fine. Oh, there's oh, my friend over there. I think there's a difference between actually wanting to know and I am not suggesting that we develop a kind of 
uh, superficial hail fellow well met. I'm suggesting that we can be open to God to actually be directed and be equipped to inquire in the things that God already places in us a desire to know. So what's happened? Is there anything particularly that I could be praying into? What would you say are the successes? What, 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 what do you think, what are the needs in, in the thing that you're doing? Now I'm not just talking about youth work, I could be talking about any aspect of life. So, talking to one of the sisters. You used to have a busy job, now you're at home with children and how's that working out? What, what, what are the things that you really very pleased about and celebrating? What are the things that you feel you're kind of, it's a bit of a challenge. What am I doing? Am I just being nosy or am I being interested? Am I being interested from a point of view of just getting information or would love go further than just getting information, would love be looking for any opportunity that we can see the goodness of God or the power of God in prayer or an opportunity to link up something or somebody else. See, what I want us to understand, this is a supernatural thing. This is not about the ability to think. This is not about, well, I would do it, but, you know, I don't like to... I don't like to initiate conversations. I'm not very good at that. Great. You are a perfect candidate. The people that should struggle are the people that are good at it because then they're doing it in their own strength. The people that are not good at it, the people that kind of, well, you know, it's, it's not easy for me. Great. You're a candidate for the grace of God because you're more, more than ready to turn aside and say, you know what, I need, Lord you to help me in this. I want to do what you want me to do, but I need your help. I admit I'm not good at this. So you're not any longer relying on natural strength. You're open to what God wants you to do, coming alongside. Of course, it can get even a bit more exciting than that, because there you are, having this conversation and inquiring out of a genuine God-given heart interest, and then you begin to find that God stirs in you an idea or a suggestion. And this is not about sharpness of mind. This is about the readiness to actually hear from God. It's a coming alongside in the power of the Holy Spirit to be an outworking, a demonstration, a more accurate demonstration of what God is like in this world coming alongside, coming into an expression of relationship. Thinking about another example, uh, and there's so much in this, but I was looking again at the story of uh, Jesus when he, uh, he was at the well and he spoke to the woman. I, I think every time I look at that, it's an amazing thing. So there's almost like parallel conversations going on. So he's, Jesus is bringing and being directed by God what to say and bring, obviously. The woman is on a kind of different course. And she's talking about, you know, how can you get a drink? You haven't got anything. How can your well's deep? You, you won't be able to reach down into it. And he's talking about uh, the water of life, about something that is transformational. And 
this thing kind of goes on for a little bit. You see, but the fact of the matter is, he's operating under a direction that is not going to be deflected by an alternative conversation. It's not going to be uh, deflected by the fact, well, you know, how come you're talking to me because our cultures are not supposed to mix? It sort of, it sort of rides right through all these, what shall we call them, natural cultural obstacles because it's riding through on the basis of this is something that I'm doing by the power of God under the direction of God. I think what I'm, I'm really wanting to focus on, this is not about doing more things, this is about exercising what God has to fulfill more of his purpose. God has for us in terms of power and opportunity. About coming to that point. Now, isn't it interesting that you have this sort of fairly friendly conversation and then at a given point he says, go and fetch your husband or go and tell your husband. That's really, that's really blowing it. I mean, naturally speaking, it's going quite well and then he asks a very uh, sensitive question and then he goes further. And he says, well, no, that's right, you haven't got a husband. And the one you've got at the moment isn't your husband. You had five others and somehow got rid of those. Is he condemning? Do you see the woman run away and say, oh, I wouldn't ever want to talk to him again. I mean, he, I just made me feel awful. You don't. Why? Because what he's bringing, what he's saying, is exactly what God has given him to say. So there's a doorway opened. And in fact, instead of doing that, she goes and tells the whole village, she said, come, see a man who told me everything. It was a revelation. Here's the thing I'm saying. You can step out of the natural into the supernatural in the simple purpose of coming alongside and actually knowing, experiencing and sharing God's heart. Coming alongside. It can lead us to do all sorts of things. Oh, you, you went for that test last week. Just pick up the phone. How did it go? What, what was the outcome? Hmm. I remember. Do you? Or is it the Holy Spirit just helping you? You, you had that situation at work. How did it pan out? It's very significant. I, I've, I've lost count of the number of times that I've seen... The impact, both in terms of being on the receiving end and seeing what others would do. The impact of what would seem a little insignificant thing. Why? Because it's directed in the purpose of God. And it's empowered by the Spirit of God. Come on, guys. Let's not believe this thing. Well, I'm only natural. No longer. No longer. We are supernatural. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So there's a new dimension. We're in a different place. So we can expect that even that little thing that seems so insignificant can have a profound effect. Very key. Very important. I've just seen somebody. And they're, they're on their own. Their family's not there. Or they don't have a family. I'm just, I'm, I'm just 
on my way to talk to my friends or sit with my friends. Hmm, perhaps I'll, perhaps I'll change in a split second. You actually make a demonstration of care and love by the way, the place that you sit. Yes, in anything, in everything, we can be those who demonstrate something of God's heart. My desire, my call is that we, we move into the next level of the activation of that. Conscious, ready to involve others, looking for the opportunity. We was talking about this the other day. Jamie was telling me, he said, you know, some things I just, you just remember. He said, do you remember when I, had, we went, I went skiing and had this accident out my shoulder and had to be in contact with the, whoever it was in France? He said, it's a funny thing. I often think how Leone and Anna were, just got involved and obviously speaking French and just did that for me. But, you know, it, it kind of meant a lot to me. See, what we've got to understand, guys, is that these things are part of God building in so that not only do we learn, but we're expanded to see and seize the opportunities ourselves. The kind of contagious nature of, of doing good. I was talking with Dawn. She was saying, you know, I remember... Um, it's going back quite a while. When Daniel first started in the youth, it was called X-Ray then, that um, Sue and Richard were, I think, leading it then. Said, and then Sue phoned up to speak to Daniel. Not to us. And it was so significant because the children had been used to us having lots of phone calls of people to speak to us. He was somebody to do with church or youth or whatever, phoning to speak to him. I don't know how many years ago, I mean, you're over 21 now, Daniel, so it must be, yeah. I'm not saying anything about your birthday, but many happy returns. Won't be 21 again, or again. <laughs> but let's track back a minute. Don't remembering that, all that period of time ago. Now, I want you to help me. Can you think of any little thing that's been done for you, to you, or you've seen, that you think, hmm, I, I remember that, or that had an effect on me. Yeah? Turn and tell somebody. If you can't think of anything that's ever happened to you that was good or impactful, uh, you can come for prayer afterwards. <laughs> There's a supreme privilege and supreme joy in those times when you just recognise it may seem a little thing that God has used you. God has used you to communicate his love, to demonstrate his heart. That's a very, very great privilege. In fact, I'm not sure there's anything much better than that to know that God is, is using us in his purpose. I was listening, uh, Mark Baden was talking with Terry King the other day. And I heard things I'd never heard, because any time Mark shared his testimony, I've not been here. I don't think that was on purpose. <laughs> uh, and he was telling him the story. He said, uh, when I first came to a meeting and didn't really know anybody, he said, 
John came up and spoke to me. Well, that's a fairly normal thing. I kind of would do that a lot. But for him, he was just telling Terry, that was a very significant thing. It meant something to him. I don't know why. I'm not really interested in why. What I'm interested in is a little thing can have a significant difference. You know, when I had that uh, accident those years ago, um, um, and my good friend Ken said he would look after, uh, cut the grass and all that sort of thing. Well, Ken being Ken, I'm not talking about running the lawnmower over the thing. Whatever he did, my grass thought they it died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I mean, it never. How do you produce that? I've never succeeded since. It never happened before. It's a little thing. It's a little thing. Yeah. See, the Bible says the other way around. It's the little foxes that can spoil the vine. But you see, it's the little things that can also show the power and might and nature of God. Let's talk about not knowing what to do. I'm sure I've told you this before, but you've been around a long time, so have I, so you're bound to hear things a few... Early on, when I was uh, called to serve God in, in, there was a couple in the church, um, I'm talking many years ago, and in fact, their, the father was one of the leaders, I think, at that time. Anyway, they were married and they'd been a long time, they hadn't conceived, and then eventually conceived and had a baby, and it was a great rejoicing. But sadly, after a little while, the, the wife went into really severe postnatal depression. And I, I had no concept, understanding, knowledge, medical knowledge, didn't know anything about it. But I felt I should just go there. And I've come to see, we saw it even last, was it last year, when we visited Dominica, uh, the very act of not necessarily knowing what to do, not necessarily knowing what to say, the very act of demonstration by going there or picking up the phone or whatever it is, it communicates something. And I was amazed, uh, Dawn was as well, when we were in Caribbean after the hurricane. They always warm, always welcome, but there was something about the fact that we were there identifying with them. I've seen that in other occasions, and this was a similar thing, where I identifying with them. Now, on that occasion, something amazing happened. All I knew to do was just to go there. I went there, and, and, and there were serious problems because they couldn't do anything for the wife and they were in fear of the child and uh, either she was to be taken away or the baby or whatever, I don't know, it was just a real fraught. And as I walked in on that occasion, an authority of God came upon me. That's all I can say. And everything I said, whereas the situation was uncontrollable, was, was taken and was done. And there was a, a, an a, a immediate change in that situation. Now, it doesn't, it's not always like that. I'm not really 
emphasising on that. I'm saying, but we never know if we put ourselves in the way of doing, taking the first step that God gives us, if he won't give us another step and another step to actually fulfil his will and purpose. And I think, as I said before, that's a great thing to do, the power to show the love of God. Expecting to see that, that nudge of the Holy Spirit, that direction. Expecting God to help us. And as I said, if we're not good at it, then we're the best candidates for the grace of God. The people who say, I can't, but I know that he can. Remember, he said that we're the members of his body. We are the ones that he wants to use for the demonstration of his purpose. Is there a higher calling than that? Is there a higher calling than to be a member of the body of Christ, somebody who God uses in his purpose for his will? And I think the enemy would seek to have us live at a sub-level to that, not absolutely living in the good of that. You know, I'm not talking about a kind of high-minded conceitedness. I'm talking about in humility, recognising that God can take us and use us in any given situation. We just have to be willing to step out and show his love. You've heard about giving a cup of water in the name of Jesus. It's an interesting aspect to see that as they did the right thing, As they reached out, as they showed love, as they showed interest, as they just gave a cup of water, then the kind of enemy stronghold, the walls, were coming down, being knocked down one by one. That now puts an interesting dimension on it, that we are actually extending the kingdom as we demonstrate his love in the simplest and easiest of ways, we're extending the kingdom. Hang on a minute. If the kingdom is extended, something is being pushed out of the way. Some other kingdom is being defeated. Territory is being extended. And there's a turning aside, a knocking down. See, sometimes... That happens in sort of powerful warfare prayer. But according to what we see and understand, it happens as we actually extend by doing even the smallest things of the demonstration of God's heart of love one to another. Thank you, guys. I think that really helps to make the point. God's thought. God's word, God's idea, God's response, God's supernatural intervention. Heart of compassion, led by the Spirit of God, and knowing just how frighteningly powerful we can be when we simply, humbly do what God has given us to do. and We just have to be obedient. Let's come back to the original. What is the first commandment? First new commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. I sat down thinking about this a few months ago. And I started to write down uh, I kind of analysed myself, which I'm not really very good at. 
certainly when it comes to feelings, but actions probably a bit more. I began to think, so what do I do? If I want to come alongside somebody, so let's say I'm coming alongside Mark, what do I do? Well, do I fire a list of questions? Uh, what's your name? How old are you? Where do you come from? How long have you been here? What are you looking for? What's your job? I mean, after a couple of minutes, you're going, who is this guy? You know what I mean? So we're, I'm not talking about that. But then I began to look. I began to think, do you have a question in your mind? And from my list, I realised that I don't have a list that I go through. I get a heart that is stirred. And from any of these things, God can come. So, what's new, Mark? What, what, what's stirring? The, this is, guys, not about a technique. This is, again, about a heart that is in tune with God. And I spent some time, and I re- really appreciate, um, I talked with Nathan about the heart behind vision, identity, uh, purpose, the thing that has really been the foundation of what we're doing into the community with youth. I spoke to the Doulos trainers. I spoke to various other people involved in caring and realised that there are a certain number of things which God has given to us which enable us to do the very thing we want to do and we can make those available. But it's in that realm of... Uh, expression, how do we express our heart and show what it's like? It's, I want to wind this in. Oh, yeah, I got it. This week, I do it. Oh, Daniel Jones, he's convenient. Here I am, Daniel, because it's about the task, it's about the technique. Next week, whatever he said to me, don't even follow up. Don't even speak to him. Don't even call him. Because it was just... See, I don't know how it affects you, but if somebody comes and appears to show an interest or concern and there's no follow-up, there's no continuation about it, you think, hmm, it was seemed nice at the time, but somehow it doesn't, it doesn't carry the same weight of being God's heart and God's life being expressed. So what I'm talking about is do it, keep doing it, because it's a consistent thing. The fact that even you're stirred to remember something, the very fact that that happens because of a heart that's in tune with God can be the thing that makes a difference. So what do I want? in sharing my heart with you, in sharing what I'm feeling. And I've been on this, this has been with me for some months now. I thought about just talking with the group leaders and uh, I thought, no, this is something that we all got to share. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a new surge of, let me say, coming alongside, a new surge of expressing God's heart of love. A new surge which will mean that people are not left aside, are not 
uncared for in any sense at all and that there's a consistency in it. But not a new surge of activity without a new surge of the expression and release of God's heart. I thought, how could, how could this... How am I going to measure it? I can measure it subjectively. I can look to God for uh, a, a sense of revelation and, and sightedness, all of which is right and proper and I would do. But then this little thought dropped in my mind. I'll just share it. I don't know whether what you think of it. If I said to you, how about in the next month that you reach out to four people who you don't really know. Not necessarily in the church, can practice in the church, to find out what their name is, to find something about them, maybe to visit them, maybe to invite them round, maybe to do an activity with, maybe to serve in some other way. That could be a thing. Hmm. Mark, how can I serve you? Is your name Mark? I've got to find out his name first. How can I serve you? See, guys, we can't bring this as a kind of system because it falls flat on its face. It has to be an expression of heart. But it's something. I leave it with you. Four people in the course of the next month who you don't really know don't really know what their situation is. You can practice in a meeting like this, picking out somebody as God leads you, to find a way to show interest, to pray for. See, this is God's business. He's very, very committed to us showing his love, especially one to another. And as we do that, Also, he might direct us and help us and lead us to show his love to those who are not part of the body of Christ, because that's another reason we're here for. Not really to tell people they're lost sinners going to hell. That's that's not a good opener. Don't kind of catch that from Jesus. Jesus.